Jimmy's Table. Hey everybody, you're listening to the Jimmy's Table podcast, jimmystable.com. I'm your host, Jimmy Humphrey, where I like to have conversations about faith, life, culture, and sometimes food. Then what can I say? How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? That will be all, Mr. Mulder. (sighs) You can deny all the things I've seen all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer. Because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. So welcome to episode 58. Today's podcast is all about conspiracy theories and how they're real. Well, sometimes. Take a little uh, fun there with the X-Files theme song and some David Duchovny type stuff about how government uh, should not just have the final word and what the truth is. And just because they put their nice little rubber stamp on it doesn't mean a hill of beans. Uh, Because the truth, well, it's out there. And uh, I think over the years, we've been a people who have had this tendency to love conspiracy theories. It's kind of in our national DNA, uh, for those of you who are American listening to this show. Uh, I like to kind of say our uh, political system and the founding of our nation and just who we are as a people, as Americans, has always had this penchant um, for conspiracy theories. Because, you know, they're out there to get you. They're coming for you. And uh, that was pretty much the attitude of the Founding Fathers uh, when you get down to it. Uh, The Founding Fathers were great, great conspirators. They really believed that evil King George was just over here trying to screw over the colonialists and uh, that he was just going to come over here and do all sorts of terrible things and that he was doing terrible things. And they accused him of all sorts of things um, that he never really did. Some of them he did, though. Um, and those things that he did were enough to get everybody all riled up. And, uh, and then when they're like, the British are coming, the British are coming. Well, I mean, then all bets were off, right? Um, so, you know, there's always been this great sort of, uh, distrust that we kind of have, uh, in our souls as Americans about, uh, powerful people and things happening in dark corners and, and folks being out there to get you. Um, and, and we... We tell conspiracy theories almost as if uh, it's the gospel honest, God's honest truth. Um, And those conspiracy theories range far and wide and cover all sorts of wonderful uh, topics. Most popularly, you've probably heard about things associated with the Freemasons and the Illuminati. And most recently on Netflix, you had The Family uh, that talked about how the National Prayer Breakfast is this great uh, conservative religious coup to take America down and control and dominate the world for Jesus. You know. Uh, <laughs> and you have things about Area 51, JFK and who really shot him, the moon landing, whether the world is really flat or whether the world is really round. And Well, you know, who killed Jimmy Hoffa after all? Right? Am I right? Uh, then you have things about evolution. And, and most recently you have... 
uh, Russian conspiracies with President Donald Trump and his rise to power and, you know, is he a Manchurian candidate and is Melania Trump a plant, uh, you know, was she grooming him or, you know, what about all this coronavirus stuff? You know, this coronavirus stuff is something sinister planned by Bill Gates or, or is it Donald Trump and his cronies and his, his corporate uh, friends and, and CEO friends or, or is it a bioweapon made by the Chinese? Or is it, is it a bioweapon made by the Americans? Or is it something that's just being exploited by Democrats to take Donald Trump down and ruin the economy so that it can all make us socialist? <laughs> ah, it, it, it's almost comical. Uh, some of that may be true. Some of it may not be true. All of it may be true. Some of it may be, all of it may be false. Who, who, who knows? Uh, who really knows? Um, but you know, sometimes conspiracy theories are, are, are true. Just ask Julius Caesar. <laughs> if you're not familiar with Julius C Caesar, uh, dictator of Rome, got assassinated by 60 senators and all their friends uh, on the Ides of March, March 15th. Um, and, uh, you know, there's this grand conspiracy that, hey, we have to kill this dictator um, in order to uh, free us from the oppression of his tyranny. Um, and so a bunch of liberators got together, killed Julius Caesar, uh, and well, that was that. And then, of course, you know, since then and before then, many dictators have often worried themselves to death over conspiracy theories. They're always looking over their eye and, and casting a questionable glance at their brother or their most beloved general. Uh, they're always going to wonder who's going to take a stab at the throne next. Uh, who wants to rise to power after me? Is that my brother? Well, I better kill my brother in case he tries to kill me so he can get my throne. Ha ha he he ho ho. They're coming to take us away. Ha ha he he ho ho. <laughs> uh, to the funny farm. Um, so, hey, I'm having fun here. I hope you're enjoying it. <laughs> um, but so, conspiracy theories, they do exist. Um, sometimes they're real. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes they're uh, a little in between. Um, and, I, and I find the entire... The entire thing of uh, conspiracy theory is very interesting, and especially in an age in which, uh, because of the wonders of technology, we have the ability to get our hands on all the information that we could ever possibly hope and dream about, and that we can talk to anybody around the world about that information, uh, whoever they might be, through the miracles of technology and the internet. Uh, back in the day, we had to look for communications from the Russians in our newspapers, um, you know, secretly placed ads that might be mass communications out to spies, uh, you know, tr from, from communist Russia trying to infiltrate uh, American politics and all that fun stuff. <laughs> but like I said, it's kind of in our national DNA at the end of the day. At the end of the day, whether true or false, we love conspiracy theories. And that's probably no wonder, like, movies and books and stuff like that, like, National Treasure with Nicolas Cage or books like The Da Vinci Code. Uh, they stick with us so well. Um, and they really have an appeal and popularity with us because, you know, we know there's just all these things that are happening out there. Um, and they, they speak to us and they make us raise an eyebrow. They make us suspicious of the powers that be and things that lurk in the shadows and make us question the reality of the world in which we live. Um, because we're just like, no way could things be that simple. No way could things just be as they appear to be 
in everyday life. There's no way uh, that life is this boring. <laughs> um, and there's just no way that uh, the, the overwhelming evidence could be so overwhelming about uh, certain truths, facts, figures, and claims, right? Uh, so if you were to ask, though, what, what is a conspiracy theory? I, I, just, I decided to look this one up on Wikipedia. Um, and you can see links to it in the show notes as well as some uh, other show note links that I have at jimmystable.com for episode 58. Uh, so look it up. Uh, I like this kind of definition that Wikipedia gives about conspiracy theories. So let me put this out there. A conspiracy theory is an explanation for an event or situation that invokes a conspiracy by sinister or powerful actors, often political in motivation when other explanations are more probable. The term sort of has a pejorative connotation, implying that the appeal to a conspiracy is based on prejudice or insufficient evidence. Conspiracy theories resist falsification and are reinforced by circular reasoning. Both evidence, both evidence against the conspiracy theory and the absence of evidence for it are reinterpreted as evidence of its truth, where the conspiracy becomes a matter of faith rather than something that can be proved or disproved, end quote. It's a lot there, but you know, it really kind of sticks with me there. Uh, and I really like this sort of like circular reasoning sort of thing that, you know, well, I don't really necessarily have 100% evidence that this is true, but I believe it probably is. Um, it kind of, It's kind of like the old rhetorical thing of, uh, uh, it goes like this. I don't know if you're familiar with this 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 notion of logic uh, when it comes to circular reasoning, but imagine you were having a conversation with a spy, and you looked at the spy and you said, spy, are you a spy? And then the spy replied, no. And you would say, well, 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 that, that, that's exactly what a spy would say. <laughs> so, you know, that's, that's an example of circular reasoning uh, that kind of uh, goes hand in hand with a lot of conspiracy theory sort of stuff. We imagine that the world is full of spies. They're all out there to get us. And finally, we get bold enough to confront one and they deny it. Well, you know, if a spy was trying to get you, that's what a spy would do, right? Right? <laughs> and just becomes kind of self-evident. Um, so these these conspiracy theories they kind of stick to our to our to our innermost being, and they they seem to make a lot of sense, uh, and they they really grab us and 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 grip us and in really powerful ways. Um, and you know, I I can't help but believe though the way that conspiracy theories um, flourish that there there has to be some sort of reasoning behind why conspiracy theories flourish and why people kind of have this penchant uh, for conspiracy theories. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I probably believe some. Like, you know, what about Jeffrey Epstein, folks? Uh, <laughs> don't we all love how Jeffrey Epstein just suicided himself, right? Um, and, you know, we have all these sort of things that really stick to us and make sense to us. Um, when, you know, sometimes just the reality of the simple explanation that the man might have killed himself uh, is just too simple for us uh, to believe. We just, like, no, there's just no way that could be true. Um, when, in reality, I hate to break it, but Jeffrey Epstein probably did kill himself, right? Um, now, why he killed himself, you know, who knows. Um, but it probably wasn't Donald Trump and it probably wasn't Hillary Clinton. I'm just putting that out there, okay? That's just my take. 
Uh, although it's a lot of fun to, to theorize that it could have been uh, a bunch of people who are worried about being ratted out as pedophiles. Um, that makes a lot of sense, right? <laughs> um, but I digress. Anyway, um, but you know, the co- conspiracy theories have become kind of main place, I think, in our society. Um, and I think there's, you know, some reasons behind that. And I was reading up on this topic a little bit, um, and I came across this interesting read from Max Reed in the New York Magazine. Uh, Max gives his theory about, you know, why there are five primary reasons um, behind uh, why people believe conspiracy theories. Now, Max was writing in the context of uh, stuff to do with Donald Trump and Russia and all that sort of stuff. Uh, so I don't, I don't really care for any of that. I don't want to get into the beef of trying to prove or disprove, um, you know, conspiracy theories on today's podcast. I don't want to tell you, you know, was 9-11 an inside job or not. I don't want to tell you who shot JFK. I don't want to tell you what really happened to Jimmy Hoffa. Um, he probably just drove off the road somewhere in an accident. Um, but, uh, you know, anyway, I digress. Or maybe he killed himself. I don't know. Uh, or, or maybe somebody got him. It was, it was the, it was the union bosses. It was, uh, Johnson, right? No. Uh, <laughs> I hope I feel, put you a little on edge today, folks. But anyway, um, but so anyway, I read this interesting article to, uh, recently and it really kind of stuck with me and I thought I'd share it with you guys, uh, some highlights from it and put in my own little interpretation there, uh, with it. But, uh, Max Reed in his article talks about five ideas behind, uh, what causes conspiracy theories to exist? So Max has his first point in which he says that conspiracy theories are a long-established method of organizing and understanding the modern world. And in some sense, you know, that's all pretty natural. Uh, the world is infinitely complex. It's full of lots of levers and pulleys and things that make it go round. Um, we're a little beyond just uh, gravitational forces uh, associating with the sun and the cosmos causing the world to spin these days. Um, and ever since the Enlightenment, though, we have attempted to understand the world in such manners. Um, we all want, being that there are laws that govern um, the physical realities of this universe, um, and we try to understand um, those things things in very logical, rigid, ordered sort of thinking um, that, you know, what goes up must come down, uh, E equals MC square, and all that fun stuff. Um, you know, we, we, we believe we can break down the world in a very mathematical, algorithmic type formula so that we can comprehend uh, everything and have a theory for everything. Well, the problem with that is, and in our very enlightenment manner, is that the world um, it's full of so many laws and levers and pulleys and things that are connected and maybe not connected, um, that when something doesn't quite function as we expect, we come, we become kind of suspicious and we sit there and think, well, there must be something else going on here because I pulled this lever and the thing didn't happen as I expected it to do. Uh, and so, you know, as a result, we... We, we dig and we burrow and we look around and we, we try to kick the tires of the car and try to make sense of, of what makes it move and how it functions. And so, you know, the world and all its complexities and its organizations and all that sort of stuff 
full of levers, full of pulleys, and we're trying to pull them all and, and see what happens. And so we think there just has to be a logical connection between every single thing and everything must be boiled down to simple mathematical formula. And when that math doesn't make sense, well, you know, we start to theorize. Second point from Max's article. Conspiracy theories are a way for people to exert control over or within an unstable and complex system. Uh, one sociologist that I found uh, elsewhere, I, I'm not sure how you say the guy's name, it's sociologist Turkey Salim Nifes, hope that's correct, says that uh, conspiracy theories uh, ultimately are kind of political in nature. Um, he suggests that one of the most important characteristics of an account of a conspiracy theory is this idea that there's this real hidden power button behind somewhere. There's always a man behind the curtain. Um, and, you know, if we can just discover the man behind the curtain and the real but hidden power behind Oz, the great and powerful, then, you know, if we can really just find that hidden button somewhere, um, then, you know, that will explain everything and why everything is functioning the way it does. Um, but because Oz remains behind the curtain, uh, well, you know, we can't, we're just left to guess. Um, and that's, that's where we often come down. Uh, we, we, we try to understand the complex world that we live in. Uh, and we see all these complex systems and we want to exert power over them. Um, and so we're always looking for that real but hidden power button somewhere. Uh, somebody else by the name of Roger Cohen in writing the New York Times also said uh, regarding conspiracy theories that captive minds resort to conspiracy theory because it is the ultimate refuge of the powerless. If you cannot change your own life, it must be some greater force that controls the world. I found that to be a pretty powerful quote and I think it's pretty true. You know, we we just can't believe that our life is in the shambles that it is um, because of, of uh, maybe choices we've made or that's just the way the lot, the lot fell in our life. Um, we can't believe just some random series of events has happened because after all, we're a bootstrap people and if we're suffering, we should just be able to pull ourselves up by the bootstrap and take control over our life and by the exertion of our will and our might and setting our mind to do powerful things, uh, we should just be able to dominate the forces of this universe. Um, but at the end of the day, we often find that we can't. And so we believe that there must be some sort of cosmic joke out there either against us some sort of divine conspiracy or some sort of conspiracy of secret actors uh, behind the, the curtain pulling the levers and making our lives so terrible. It's kind of a, a victim mentality at the end of the day, if I, if I can say that term. <laughs> Point number three that Max makes in his article. He says, conspiracy theories are a symptom of a crisis of legitimacy among representative institutions. So basically that means when government officials, corporations, religious organizations, or what have you, ultimately get together and, and appear to be lying about things, falsifying, falsifying data, spinning things, and even putting alternative facts or contradictory information out there, um, or engaging in questionable kind of seedy behavior. You know, it makes everybody, at the end of the day, 
a little bit suspicious. Uh, it's no wonder, uh, you know, we, we see folks like Donald Trump, who, you know, very questionable ethical individual, unethical individual, engages in a lot of uh, kind of shady business sort of dealings. And you can't sit there and tell me that, you know, it doesn't kind of make sense that uh, some of his cronies might be organizing some things in the wings uh, so that they can better uh, put themselves forward into the world and, um, and, you know, profit from it all. That definitely makes sense, right? Or you can't tell me that it doesn't make sense that, uh, you know, some powerful some powerful George Soros-type individuals who throw billions and billions of dollars around into all sorts of philanthropy-type things. You know, you can't tell me that they're not buying politicians to do their bidding. Uh, they have an army of lobbyists who are ready to sit there and pounce on anything and everything and, and to make everything come out according um, to their dictates. And there's no doubt stuff like that happens. Um, so that makes us sit there and question the legitimacy of institutions that claim to represent us at the end of the day. Um, because when you have, uh, you know, an age of where people cry fake news um, regarding the, the words that come out of the mouths of trusted officials at trusted institutions, institutions we thought were highly unassailable um, previously... Uh, you know, it's no wonder that we kind of start experiencing uh, a crisis of legitimacy. Uh, and we begin to say, well, you know, they lied to me about this, so I have no doubt that they're lying to me now about that. How can I trust them? Point number four that Max Reed makes in his article. He says, conspiracy theories are a function of informational overload. Oh my goodness, this really hit home for me, and I found this great other quote from another article uh, where it talks about during the middle of this pandemic that we're experiencing, um, that we're not just experiencing a pandemic, we're experiencing an infodemic. I like that phrase, infodemic. You know, we live, again, in a complex world. A lot of people put a lot of ideas about how to interpret the world that we live in and what makes the lovers... Uh, pull this, that, and the other, and why this button, when you press it, does another thing. Um, you know, and we, we have all these complex ideas floating out there. We get it on social media, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, what have you. We get it in the news. We get it in academic circles. We get it at work. Uh, we get it from friends, family, neighbors, church people, whatever. You know, we have more information available in the world today than we could ever process if we had a thousand lifetimes in order to process everything that is out there today. Um, and so we are overwhelmed by information. And that information is often uh, outside of areas of expertise or things that we even know about. Most of us kind of just have a general knowledge and a lot of things and then specialized knowledge in a very small area. And so when we have to try to make sense of of things that don't fit our area of expertise, um, you know, we just kind of become overwhelmed and we're forced to reduce ideas into things that we can feel like we can grasp and take a hold of and control of and make sense of. Um, but I think there's a, a danger in that because it's like we know just enough to not know what we don't know. <laughs> 
it kind of reminds me of back in the day when I was in Bible college. You know, I would see on Discovery Channel, uh, they would always have these uh, Mysteries of the Bible type programs. And I would listen to them And when I was in Bible college and seminary. And I was like, man, most of these shows that the Discovery Channel were putting forth on the Bible, like, they're a bunch of BS. Um, and unfortunately, um, I, I considered them kind of dangerous because they, they appealed enough to people who might have a slightly more advanced knowledge than you, what you might find on a typical pew sitter or somebody in Sunday school. Um, but, uh, you know, from my kind of, I guess, quasi-expert sort of learned um, position on things, um, I could sit there and, you know, outright dismiss a lot of the kind of crackpot ideas that they were putting forward on the Bible just simply because I was like, well, you know, I sit here and read things in Greek and, and I know the systematic theologies and the histories and I know all the great thinkers and, you know, I've had to wrestle with these concepts and I can tell somebody who's just kind of sloppily put something together and put it out there for mass consumption. Um, and, you know, you saw a lot of that with the Da Vinci Code too. Uh, I mentioned the Da Vinci Code earlier. You know, it's like Dan Brown took a lot of kind of half-baked ideas out there and things of half-truths, uh, put it together and tried to link them um, in some sort of grand uh, story. Um, and whether you think the book was good or not, uh, you know, there are some people out there who actually believed some of those things about uh, how uh, Mary was the Holy Grail and, and bearer of the baby of Jesus, you know, and was the secret lover and things like that. Uh, you, so you got all sorts of conspiracy theories out there going around that off Dan Brown's crappy little book. Um, and, you know, it was able to, you know, sit there and titillate the mind of, of individuals who like, oh, I've, I've heard something about that. You know, I've read something about that on Google once. And, and, you know, somebody shared that with me on Facebook the other day. And, you know, I've heard this before. And it's kind of like, well, you heard just enough to not know what you don't know. Um, and so people like, you know, went crazy over some of those things. And, and I think, you know, no fault to their own. It's just that we live in a world that is filled with so much information and we're forced to process so much and we just don't have the scope or capacity or time or ability or specialties to be able to, to process that stuff. And so we try to make do with what we can. Um, and you know, as a result where we kind of be like, well, you know, we feel like we have to have an opinion on everything. And so um, in order to uh, not be left out <laughs> uh, of our social circles, we, we form that opinion and share it with others. And, you know, that opinion takes on the form of a conspiracy that, you know, the church is just trying to, uh, to put down the information about Jesus's secret lover and his secret baby, you know, and things like that. <laughs> um and so it, 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 just, it just becomes crazy. Um, and it, it's crazy not because, um, you know, there aren't like things out there that we need to explore and hard questions that we need to ask and facts that we need to discover and, you know, stones that we need to overturn. Um, but rather it's just like there's so much out there that we don't even know where to begin and where to end. Um, and because of that, we suffer from um, a function of information overload. We have an infodemic at the end of the day. There's just so much. I, I think, you know, if we wanted to combat conspiracy theories, we'd probably do well uh, to turn a lot of things off uh, and be better off not knowing probably as much as we are exposed to 
at the end of the day. And, you know, I, I say that as somebody who, who's a lover of truth, who loves information, who consumes a lot of information out the, uh, at the end of the day. But I say that also as somebody who realizes, man, there's so much going out, on out there that there's no way I could possibly synthesize all the information out there and make sense of it. And, man, I still got to go to work and pay my bills and put a roof over my head at the end of the day. Uh, so ain't nobody got time for that. I, I don't have time to figure out who really shot JFK or what happened to the aliens at Area 51, you know? Um, I don't have time for that. And whether those things are true or false, or, you know, whether or not somebody else really did shoot JFK, whether it was, you know, something with Castro, or something with the CIA, or Lyndon Johnson, or, you know, what have you, whatever theory you want to talk about, at the end of the day, I don't have time to figure it out. And I'm not sure what would be the benefit of me doing so anyway. But I digress. Point number five that Max makes in his article, he says, at the end of the day, we believe conspiracy theories because the world is rife with conspiracies. Everyone, everyone has an inside scoop into something. They really know what's going on out there. Um, and as a result of everybody having a theory and everybody having a blog and everybody having a podcast and everybody having a YouTube channel and everybody having a, a Twitter feed and a Facebook feed, you know, we have no shortage of ways to get the inside scoop and to share that inside scoop with others. Um, you know, I was talking to my wife about this podcast as I was uh, planning for it today and, you know, she was listening to to my ideas about conspiracy theories and stuff like that, and she she's of the opinion that you know at the end of the day, the Facebook share button is our worst enemy. Uh, we blast things out there into the stratosphere for which uh, we've never even really looked into, um, and a hunch and a headline often she says becomes enough for us. And how and you know that you've engaged in such behavior yourself, you know, um, you you share headlines without even reading what you're sharing, um, and no sooner than you believe that Bill Gates has got something to do behind coronavirus that you believe that it was actually the Chinese, uh, or that you believe it was you know somebody else, um, and so you know everybody's got their theory, we want to share it. Um, and that only creates more fuel for the fire for us to live in a world, once again, rife with conspiracy theories. So that's kind of the state of the union at the end of the day, folks. We live in a world full of conspiracy theories. It all kind of comes full circle uh, as a result. We live in a world full of conspiracy theories. We create sp conspiracy theories. We share those conspiracy theories, and uh, they help create more conspiracy theories. Um, at the end of the day, though, you know, I'm really bothered by this. Uh, not only personally me, because I feel a little conviction of it over the years um, myself, or definitely having engaged in some conspiracy theories. And, you know, I saw the tapes growing up about all the people that died mysteriously from that had questionable relationships to, to Bill and Hillary Clinton. You know, I saw those tapes in my house. <laughs> Um, and I've seen everything in between since those times about all the conspiracies that have uh, riddled the world. Um, and I've helped maybe even propagate a, a conspiracy theory or two in my day, I, I'm sure. Uh, but, you know, that bothers me, especially as somebody who's a Christian. I'm supposed to be a lover of the truth at the end of the day. I should love truth. 
Truth being the thing of what purports to reality, reality as it actually is. And as a Christian, if I am supposed to be somebody who claims to have the truth of Jesus um, and to share the good news of Jesus Christ um, and who believes in being honest and forthright with people and not telling lies, um, then, you know, I, I know I need to do my best uh, to guard my heart at the end of the day and to guard my mind. Um, because at the end of the day, if I'm sitting there sharing conspiracy theories, um, you know, and, and purporting things as they are not actually in truth and reality, then fundamentally I am no different than a liar. And I think we have to, to guard hard against that. At the end of the day, do we want to be a people who speak truth? Or do we just want to speak something that's fashionable, that makes sense, that, that kind of tickles our ears and gets us some acclaim in social circles, that stirs up something that other people enjoy and gives us something to talk about? Or do we want to share facts and truth and, and live in reality of the way things are in this life? And I think as Christians, if we want other Christians or other people to believe the claims we make about Jesus and the gospel and all that sort of stuff, then we have a responsibility, a divine responsibility, to be a people who are obsessed with truth, obsessed with facts, obsessed with the world um, as it really is. Um, but you know, often, that's not really the case. Uh, instead, we're we kind of sit there and think, well, this is just an attempt of so-and-so to form a world, one-world government and give us the mark of the beast. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, good old Hal Lindsey, I don't, for those of you who don't remember, um, or Jack Van Empey, you know, all these, can, or even in recently about coronavirus, people talking about how, you know, government cures to the coronavirus are really a subtle attempt at one-world government and mark of the beast. And I'm like, Really? Really? That doesn't strike me as, such ideas don't strike me as coming from people who love truth. So don't be one of those people. Let's propose in our hearts not to be a people who share conspiracy theories, not to be a people who whisper and rumor and gossip um, and you know take things that make a, a, a tinge of sense. Uh, let us draw the line and recognize the things um, that we can claim to know. Uh, know our limitations, know our areas of expertise, and, and refuse to really even engage in, in, in postulating ideas that, you know, we really have no business, you know, dipping our toe in to begin with. Um, you know, I don't know where coronavirus originated from, and I don't know all the actors that are involved in all the political drama um, and where all the money goes and all that fun stuff. Um, I'm guessing there might be people who do. And guess what? I'm going to allow those people who are experts in those areas to search those things out and to reveal the truth. Um, and I'm going to let them have their say. And at the end of the day, I'm going to try my best to trust people. I'm not going to sit there and second guess their claims. Although, you know, don't get me wrong. We should question people. We should scrutinize folks' works and claims, and we should sit there and say, well, you know, that doesn't really make sense. But at the same time, I think there needs to be a sense of trust among us 
um, to recognize um, that there are people who know more things out there about the things and why the world works the way it does in areas of expertise that we don't even haven't begun to understand. Um, and we need to be able to have a, a trust with others um, as a result. That doesn't mean, of course, that we need to believe everything. We should question everything. Um, but don't get me wrong, at the same time, we need to be willing to trust other people. Um, because otherwise, all we're going to do is just live in a world that conjures up constant conspiracy theories and second-guessing anything and everything and never arriving at the truth and never being able to accomplish anything good and worthwhile in this world. Uh, instead, we'll constantly live in this this mealy sort of blah out there. Um, and we'll just have all these vaguely half-baked theories with with just enough facts in our mind to be dangerous, but you know, not really being able to stand up to the close scrutiny of people who are really in the know. So let us not be arrogant and think that we know more than what we really know. Um, and I get it. There are bad actors out there. Um, and there are people we should be suspicious of. Authority figures, experts, people in power, of course. Um, and we don't want to be a people who are hoodwinked or taken advantage of. And, you know, so I, I understand that a good conspiracy theory allows us to throw the equilibrium of everything off and to throw the balance of power off and, to, you know, give us an upper hand. But at the end of the day, the only way we're going to get around those things is if we become people who hunger and long for telling the truth. And just because something is believable at the end of the day, doesn't mean you need to share it. And that doesn't mean you're off the hook for telling a lie. You know, when it comes to all these things, I believe if we want to live in a world that has a little bit less of a conspiratorial tone, and if we want to live in a world that's a little bit more peaceful and harmonic, um, in which... You know, there's not all these great constant struggles for power. Um, you know, we should really only share the things uh, that we've really looked into. And we shouldn't sit there and pass along secret videos that are getting taken down from YouTube and Facebook Instant Message. And you know who you are. <laughs> Some of you out there send them to me all the time. I don't even reply. I don't even watch them. Please stop sending them to me because I'm not interested and whatever half-baked theory that you got off of YouTube. Something that you didn't think of or know about until five minutes ago. And will forget five minutes after you've shared it and gone on to the next video on YouTube. So everybody, this has been a weird episode, right? But hey, you know, conspiracy theories are all kind of weird, right? <laughs> and, uh, you know, I hope this has given you something to think about. Kind of been a little ADD in this episode. Didn't have a, a strong uh, thesis to go with. I just kind of wanted to feel my way through this. Because at the end of the day, a lot of this conspiracy theory stuff really just kind of bothers me. Um, it bothers me not only because I've engaged in some of it myself. But I think uh, at the end of the day, there's a real chance that some of these conspiracy theories that we come up with could really harm folks. And keep us from being able to make the world... Uh, a better place. 
So everybody, this has been Jimmy Humphrey, jimmystable.com, episode 58. Conspiracy theories are real. Sometimes. If you like this, email me, jimmy at jimmystable.com. Uh, like this on fa- like on Facebook, like on Twitter, reach out to me there. Um, share this with a friend. Uh, pass this along in your instant messages to, to people believing conspiracy theories. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I love you folks. Some of you all are good friends. Um, and, and I love you and respect you and care for you. Um, but I want to bring an end to the madness about conspiracies. You don't have to believe everybody out there is going to get you. Uh, chances are most people uh, that are powerful and influential have no interest in getting you. Uh, so don't think just because you bought a gun that they're going to rip you out of your home and, and, and send you to concentration camps. Or uh, don't believe just because uh, you know, you're having to stay at home during quarantine that this is some sort of hostile government takeover by the Democrats. Or don't just believe because this is uh, you know, an economic fallout, that this is just all some sort of theory uh, to, to discredit Donald Trump from having the most ac- wonderful economy of all time and keep him from being reelected. Stop it, people. Stop it. Stop it. it just let's not go down those roads, folks. Let's, let's be people of truth. Let's be people of truth who love the truth and not just the things that kind of make us feel... Sn- tight and secure and comforting, um, believing that we have this kind of secret inside knowledge that gives us the upper hand um, to the nefarious characters who want to exploit us and do terrible things to us while we sleep at night. Because at the end of the day, my trust isn't in them anyway, folks. Um, I believe I'm ultimately in the hand of God uh, with my life. And even if somebody out there decides they're going to do something bad to me, um, you know, I'm trusting God for watching out over me. If his eye is on the sparrow, the Bible says, then his eye is on me. Um, And that gives me great comfort and keeps me from having to go down into the endless rabbit hole of chasing nonstop conspiracy theories about uh, nefarious individuals plotting to destroy the world and do terrible things. Um, Because at the end of the day, the entire world is in the hands of Jesus Christ. So let's live like it is. And remember, folks, the truth, it's out there. Do you see the light? What light? Have you seen the light? Yes! Yes! I have seen the light! Air smudge.